Hello, this is Daryl here, sending love as always. Thank you for tuning in. I just want to say, if you like this interview, you can check our website for companion workbooks, action guides, tools, checklists, templates, and show notes with links for everything mentioned on the call. Just visit bestbusinesscoach.ca. That's best, B-E-S-T, businesscoach.ca. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host, as always. And today we are joined by Annette Teow, Vice President of Corporate Services at Aboitiz Land, Inc. And Annette is an experienced organizational development manager who specializes in business operations, process management, and project management. She spent two years as area and then division director for Toastmasters International, 3.5 years with Groupon, creating a demonstrated track record in e-commerce. Now she talks about team leadership development and women empowerment. After five years working her way up the ranks at Aboitiz Group, Annette has been vice president for Aboitiz Land for about two years now. And I've asked her to join us here today to share her story as well as talk about strategy, both digital strategy, marketing strategy, and people strategy. So Annette, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? Thank you very much for having me. I am doing great. And it's a pleasure and a privilege to be here. Yeah, it was awesome. We actually found out right before I hit record that she grew up in my backyard. Like where I'm living now is her. Technically, maybe it's her backyard, but so I'm in her back. You get it. So I get it. Uh, <laughs> as we jump into this, it's probably a good opportunity to keep the conversation going. Before we get into being VP and your success in your other roles, how did you even get into business? Do you come from a family of entrepreneurs? Definitely not. My father worked in Meralco for 37 years. That's his first job and he retired there. So I know the concept of being loyal to the company that you're in. I know the pride. I've seen it in all of those years that he was working there. Even though he's retired now, I can still see the pride and love for the company. Mm. And I believe that's why I also jump from one industry to another. Because the moment I get into a company... I accepted that company, it means that I believe it's the best. Mm. I don't go or mm. or any company if I don't believe they're number one or at least going to be number one or I don't align with their values or their vision for the company. And so I feel it's dishonest and it's just me. Yeah. <laughs> My brand loyalty is very strict. So I feel like it's dishonest for me to go to any competitor. That's why. I never accepted any poaching, any offers from direct competitors. I love that. I don't repeat industries. And you can see that in my bio. I love that. I love that. That's I love that a lot. I think that speaks volumes in terms of character because you can do the same role. You can develop the skill set, just change industry. Exactly. I think that also when you show up for work, there's a sense of pride because a lot of people A lot of people are just looking for, a lot of people are walking around with their umbilical cord hanging out, looking for a place to plug it in. And they're just looking for a paycheck. They don't necessarily have a sense of vision, mission, and purpose, which clearly if you are being selective about where you work, obviously that's why you, part of why you've climbed to the higher ranks is that people recognize it because it's their baby too. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Okay. How did you, yeah. And you know, like this is the same way that I tell my daughter, right? Money, you can always earn it. There's always a way to earn money. But to align to a company's culture, values, yes. uh, having that vision, yes. uh, because in your 
blood, sweat, and tears also into the company. Yep. That's the one that's going to drive you to be there longer. I love it. That's so well said. A hundred percent, a thousand percent. So that's a great tip. Just to start off, anybody, if you're job hunting in that, I talk to people all the time when we're trying to fill roles and they're like, oh, I'll do anything. And I'm like, I'm not looking for an anything person. Like when I'm looking to spend money to build somebody else up and train them from scratch, then I'll let you know. But trying to find butts that can fill seats specific with like specialization. And if you can come with a meaning, a purpose, I remember one of the best social media girls I had, she actually ended up leaving working for me because she just wanted to do event marketing, social media event marketing. It wasn't just social media. She's like, I just want to help with conferences and seminar. And she was so specialized in the work she wanted to do and the skill set she needed. I would have kept her as long as I could have because she had that intrinsic drive. She like, it wasn't just about making money. It was about who she was trying to become. And that's just mm-hmm. so powerful. I remember when I was in Japan, I was working at Shinsei, Bank, Shinsei Bank's headquarters and I was going there one day and there was like a conference and I was younger. I was a little ignorant. And I, what's this, what's the conference about? What's happening there? Oh, all the, all the custodial staff, they're having a conference. I was like, all the custodial, like janitors, like they're having a conference on cleaning toilets. And I was like, I was just, yeah, I was like 22, 23, just ignorant. And what I, the guy that was speaking, he had been a custodian for 50 years. Wow. And I remember talking to one of the staff and I'm like, this guy, he doesn't just see himself as cleaning a toilet. Like he sees himself, like his vision is I'm actually helping, helping people's livelihood. Like I'm allowing the bank to be pristine and clean so people don't get sick. And so people don't have slips and falls and they can just go about their business and get done. And they feel a sense of respect and personal, like a sense of respect because of the environment that they're in. Like he had this whole vision around it. And I was like, it's just cleaning toilets. Like I was so minimalist. That vision, I just think that's really powerful. I feel you. In fact, that's part of the reason why I have personally decided that I will stay within the Aboitis group until I retire. Mm. Just to let you know, I started here as a consultant because they needed someone and just to look into certain operations. And at that time, I just gave birth. So Mm. I quit my job while I was pregnant because the environment wasn't conducive for my pregnancy. And so I prioritized my pregnancy at that time. And when I gave birth, I said, it's time to get a job. I got offered a position here for consultancy and I grabbed it. And at that time, there was an offer for a managerial role to be regularized, right? And it was a pay cut from even before what I was earning prior to to quitting my job in or being with the boy tees. And, but then I also have an offer from outside to be a country head for a startup, which pays three times more than what they're offering here. But I weighed the pros and cons and I decided that I really love the culture, the values Mm. and vision of the Aboitis group. And that's why I decided to let go of that country head position again and just take the managerial role here that's and then fantastic. say five years later the rest is history <laughs> yeah that's fantastic hats off to you so how did you even get into kind of the business industry again you with toastmasters and groupon it's not a super common tale okay so it started with 
honestly, I've always had a track of what I wanted to do. When I was in college, I wanted to be a lawyer. And I took up communication arts with a vision of taking up law later on. Halfway through, I realized I am not cut out to be a lawyer. So I pivoted and I said, you know what? I don't like the communication industry broadcasting news. That's not for me. But I like the marketing side or PR. I went into that track with the new goal of becoming a CEO. That's the goal. In whatever company, whatever position I took in, it is to advance myself into that goal because that's the mm -hmm. end in mind. I always start with the end in mind. Mm -hmm. So when I took up marketing, it's to understand the psyche of customers. When I went into the marketing of events, it's to understand how to launch products and how to speak to our customers. I would say my biggest break would be the one for Groupon because the growth there in that startup is amazing. I was hired as a planning manager and it was to decide what deals to go up, what deals to get approved, right? So I get to play around looking at the numbers. Are we hitting our targets? If this deal is not going well, then I should change it. Now, a month, after I came in, and this is the beauty of startup, they said, oh, we needed someone for a relationship manager. And I'm like, I'll do it. Yeah. It's an expansion. It's something that I get to learn. No additional pay, but at least I get to learn yeah. something. Yeah. So I took it in. And then a year after and say, oh, you know what? We need someone to handle business intelligence. Oh, I love numbers. I'll do it. <laughs> and then they said, oh, after a year or so, we need someone for quality assurance. And at this point, I was like, guys, my business card is going to take too long in terms of my position. I need to step back on the others and really build the quality for the organization. And that gave me the opportunity to look into the different operations side. Mm. And that gave me the opportunity to understand the whole operation of the business with the track again of becoming a CEO. So when a position came about for a country head for iMoney to start iMoney here in the Philippines, I grabbed it as well. Mm. And at that time, Groupon was also downsizing. So it worked well for me and fell in love with the business operations. And that's what got me the gig actually for looking at the operational aspect of HR here in AEV there. So what were some of the big challenges that you faced? I would have to say change, change management, especially mm -hmm. when you're establishing a new department or instilling quality. It's getting the change management, getting people's buy-in to make sure that implement all of these because by the end of the day you can tell them what to do but they're not going to do it it's going to yeah. fail yeah that's a huge part and that's part of even when at least when we're hiring i always have a couple of things in there like they're happy at the salary or this aligns with their life mission because if someone's just here cuz they're in emergency and they need some cash right away they're just going to bounce They'll exactly. do it for a while, but it, it the job will become a book report, like the school book report. You just couldn't get done because you have no interest in the book. 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't serve anybody. It's better for them to find where they need to be. And they're not going to be engaged. They're going to go the extra mile. They're yeah. going to be a cruiser nine to five. That's it. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that. I love it. So change management has been a huge, a big challenge. Yes. And I believe it's a challenge for everyone. No mm-hmm. one wants change. As right. you said, you're comfortable here. You want to stay, right? Yeah. I, I know exactly what I'm doing. I don't want to stretch myself anymore. So it's a habit that we have to develop, a mindset that we have to change. I'm starting my daughter young in teaching her to go outside of her comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And she would often talk to me and tell me, Mama, are you proud of me that I'm doing something difficult? Hell yeah. Yeah. I am so proud of you because I know it's difficult for you. I know that there's a possibility you're not going to succeed, but at least you tried. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. And that's an important, that extroversion, that openness to experience and the acceptance of criticism and feedback. That's those are important skills, characteristics for people to learn a hundred percent. I agree. One man, a mentor of mine here in Aboitis, has changed my perspective on feedback. His name is Chabi Aboitis. And he said to me once, Manette, feedback is feedback. It's up to the recipient yes. on how you're going to take in that feedback. It's yes. just you get to decide how you're going to react to it. You yes. get to decide how, what you're going to do with this feedback. Yes. And so that completely opened my mind and changed my perspective and to being more open mm. and saying that, you know what, you can tell me whatever, you can give me feedback and tell me you hate my face. It's okay. It's your opinion. And yeah. then we, there is truth into it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love that. That's really important because I own business. I mean, if you look at the top fortune 500 from 50 years ago to now, they're all different. And so nobody's perfect. We all know the kind of the Rocky story, or I guess Manny Pacquiao, like how long can you stay on top before you get taken out by a competitor? It's tough to be on top. It takes a lot of, it takes a lot. And so you have to be willing to look at the flaws. And I I love this saying, markets are unknown and unknowable. If I asked you today, how many people were in the market to rent a commercial lot or get a commercial lease, there would be estimates but ultimately we don't really know. And it's changing every day. People are coming and going and they're right. Their life plans are changing, but everybody can recognize excellence. So the best you can do is pursue to be excellent in your marketplace because everybody recognizes excellence. And as long as you make that your pursuit, you should always hopefully have a home. And that's part of the intent. Because if you're just chasing numbers and metrics, it can be really tough. So I love that you mentioned that, that feedback. That's a huge part of it. So now let's talk a bit about, can you share a bit of an overview of your, of Aboitis group and its current objectives? Okay. So you know that the Aboitis group is very diverse. So Mm -hmm. we're power, banking, infrastructure, land, food. I am assigned in the real estate area or business unit of the Aboitis group. Wherein our vision is to innovating ways to lead you home. Mm. We are in this drive of becoming digitally savvy. We want to change the way that we are doing real estate when we're buying real estate. In fact, some of our highest sales happened during the pandemic 
we've already planted the seeds on digitalization. Yes. Not 100%, but 90% came from digital digital aspects. And it's because we have developed already our system for digital showrooms. Mm. Ready, ready. We are now in the process of improving it further. We have launched last year for you to purchase. Everything is done purchasing online. Mm. Filing, getting your details. Gone are the days that you write down and answer 10 million pages. And we are expanding it further so that it will be a literally completely digital end-to-end home buying experience. Wow. So from inquiry down to turnover, down to loan applications. That's the vision and that's the goal. So make it easier for everyone to make it accessible to everyone as well. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I noticed that on your site that you already had digital home buying as a tab yes. and like a feature on your site. That's excellent. So you're really leaning into digital. Yes, and that's why we are investing so much in innovation and not just on how we're dealing with our customers, but in our day-to-day operations as well. To let you know, HR is one of the departments that I handle under corporate services. And we have recently launched again and completed the end-to-end employee lifecycle from application, all done digitally, down to offboarding to the point that this has streamlined our process enough that you will get your final pay five days after your last day. Excellent. And it's, I've never seen it in any company before because the issue has always been, oh, dollars and 30 days give you 30 days in fact sometimes it takes longer but for us it's five days and it's not because we want them gone it's a, it's, it's just efficient processes and we want to make sure for their next job that they have the funds mm. to tie them over until they get their salary there because we want to take care of our employees even if they're no longer an aboitis land employee mm. excellent that's excellent and it shows setting expectation, right? That expectations are proper because a lot of times people get chewed up and sped out. You might have had a good person. They came, they applied, they, but just because the gums, because the higher HR managers got their own plate of issues because there's, because you get swamped with a hundred, 150 applicants and you got to sort them and score them. And so that, that sounds fantastic. I mean, that almost sounds like for some people, their dream. Now, how do you approach employee training and development? within the org? So we have a concept or a word here that we use in the entire Boitis group, actually. We call it bugsai. I don't know if you're familiar, but it's a Cebuano turn. And it means to row your own boat. And I believe in this wholeheartedly. Oh, yeah. Because this is, again, what I teach my daughter. If you want something, you better paddle your own boat. Yes. For you to get to that destination, it will be up to you on how fast you row and how hard you row. It will be up to you on how you row into the direction that you're going. The way that we are tackling it is we are giving our team members the opportunity and the mindset that if you want something, 
if you have a vision of where you want to go, you have to paddle your own boat and you have to tell us what do you need and then we will provide it for you. That is one aspect. And the other part, and I'm very proud of this, is that we launched last year the Leadership Readiness Program. Now, what happens is, and I've seen this in multiple organizations, when you're in the executive level, oh, management is all out in making sure that you are equipped, ready for your role. But for you to get to that level, you have the set of your middle managers. And more often than not, they are not ready to be mm. middle managers. And why is that? It's because the transition from being a team member, an individual contributor, to a people leader is completely different. The skill set is completely different. Mm. And you don't really get to experience it until you do. Until I, that I, role. So the leadership readiness program is meant for the newly promoted or for those that are eyeing promotion, because again, Buxai, you're allowed to enroll if you want to. And the concept of it is teaching you how to be a people leader from mm -hmm. again hiring to getting that KPIs, how to have that difficult conversation down to offboarding so mm. that you know what to do and how to be an effective people leader, what are the triggers, how to be a mentor, how to be a coach. That way you have the skills already when you do get to that role. I love that. I love that. I love it. So what you've already given some tidbits here. What are the specific skills or behaviors do you believe are important for your staff to improve and develop? Is it all around leading people? Is there anything... I would say for my team, because my leadership style is empowerment, my goal is to be obsolete. I want to be obsolete in this organization so that whatever happens, if suddenly tomorrow someone says, Annette, we need you somewhere else, I know that my team will be able to survive. Mm -hmm. They'll be intact or at the very least, they will move up. That's the goal. So... I train them with empowerment and the key area that I see that they need to improve on is strategic thinking. And I could understand why, because they are drilled down to having operations, having that operational mindset because they handle the day-to-day -day operations. Mm -hmm. I get it. This That is why I challenge them to be more visionary, to have more strategic thinking, because it's good to look at the now, but you also have to constantly think what's next. How can we improve? What are we going, how do we move on? What are the risks involved? How do I address those risks? Mm -hmm. So that again, they will be ready for the future role. Now, I love that. So how do you measure the effectiveness of a training program? For us, it's mostly getting results on KPIs like, for example, feedback from your, if you're a leader, feedback from your team members. You get to see results on actual actions and output of your initiatives. That's how we see that is the goal that they see that they want to happen, especially 
if they say bonsai, this is mm -hmm. what my goal is. I want to learn how to do graphic design because that's mm -hmm. the track I want to take. Okay, so let's see your designs now. What have you taken mm -hmm. to make sure that you're going into that, getting into that direction? Who have who are your mentors? Have you learned from anyone? Can we see samples of what you have done to try it out? Have you volunteered for mm -hmm. any roles that's mm -hmm. to expand your knowledge in that aspect? Things like that. Sounds like you guys are really invested in people's growth. Definitely. I'm a strong believer of that because by the end of the day, it's your people who's going to be doing the work. You yeah. can have the most brilliant CEO. But if your team members are not going to operationalize it, mm -hmm. nothing is going to get done. I love that. Sorry, I'm a writer downer. I love that you bring that up. So in 2020, I spent $50,000 hiring seven researchers to help me go through all the academic literature because there's a lot of people arguing about the science of this, the science of that. And I grew up in a house of hard science. My, the man that raised me, he worked in applied physics and geology. Those are hard sciences. So I've helped clients and companies make millions and hundreds of thousands. That's kind of my claim to fame. I've interviewed 400 experts on here, but I thought, what does the science have to say about business success? And we actually found eight critical success factors. We went through all the different studies on success and business performance for startups, different countries, all this sort of stuff. And the eight factors that we found, and so all these different studies said that they found this is a factor and this is a factor. And we mapped them all out and tried to figure out what are the umbrella categories that encompass it all, like cybersecurity and, and all this stuff, leadership training, all that kind of stuff. And the eight are self-efficacy, strategic planning, market intelligence, marketing strategy, sales strategy and skills, money management, business operations, and business intelligence. Those are the eight critical success factors. And we actually drilled down into each of those. Once we knew those eight, we thought, what does success look like in X? And you're talking about self-efficacy, that if you have the world's greatest CEO, but the team can't execute, then it doesn't go anywhere. But if you have great execution and your strategy, as you mentioned, is terrible, it doesn't matter. Blockbuster was a billion dollar company. They did. They were doing two to $6 billion US a year. They could have hired any talent. They could have developed any technology. They could have bought Netflix. But at the end of the day, they decided that wasn't their business model and that's not where things are going. And then fast forward six, six, eight years, they went bankrupt and Netflix became the champ. You know, Enron, I used to think making a lot of money guaranteed success. Enron posted a hundred billion dollars as profit one year before they filed for bankruptcy, which is just like the amount of money, like that's more than some countries combined. You know what I mean? So much money. And they, so there's these eight critical success factors are really it. And like, when you talk about leadership skills, that's actually one of the things. So self-efficacy, according to our research, is three things. It's per specific personality traits, it's specific leadership skills, and it's specific personal discipline. So the leadership skills are self-awareness skills, communication, cooperation skills, emotional intelligence skills, and adaptability. That is what leadership is, according to our research. The personality traits that you need to demonstrate and encourage are locus of control, which means being a control freak about what's within your control. And I love that personal, that's what you're speaking to, that personal accountability. In my house, we say with my daughter, you have to participate in your own survival, kid. Like you, you have to participate in your own survival here, right? Like in this house, we'll do everything we can. 
you have if you do not participate, it's not going to work out no matter what we do. The locus of control, extroversion, like us being willing to meet people, right? Openness to experience, agreeableness, conscientiousness, acceptance of criticism and feedback. We talked about your daughter before and how those characteristics are just so important. And then, of course, the personal disciplines, time management, which on its own is okay, but energy management, we've discovered, is actually another factor. What I mean is that if you can run one kilometer and then you're exhausted, you're like, I got to take a nap. That's your energy gas tank you bring to every day. So if I snap my fingers and now you can run 10 kilometers, you bring that much more energy and intensity to everything because good time management is great. But if you don't have the energy for that time, it doesn't matter that you've blocked it out. So time management, physical disciplines, mental health disciplines, uh, and then of course, the sense of urgency is super, super important. So I just love everything that you brought up. Now, if someone was starting out and struggling, if they've got a small business and they're doing their first couple of hires and they're basically sharing their salary, right, within these companies, because it's not a company with a budget, what would you recommend to someone starting out or struggling? First, I would say if you're doing into business, right, if you're the one, if it's your sharing your salary and all of that, I would say get into a business wherein it's really your passion. Because I've seen this happen multiple times. Wherein I would go into business for the sake of it because there's money right. there. The key success that I've seen in people who have started their business is because they get into a business where they are passionate mm-hmm. at. Because when you have that passion there, you will do 120, 150, 1000%. And you will do whatever it takes to make it happen. Mm-hmm. It means that when you hire people, You need to hire people that are like-minded as you are, Mm -hmm. that share the same passion because Mm -hmm. that's what you need when you are starting. Because if you hire people, again, just for the sake of money, it's not going to last. This is also why I tell people all the time, I never hire because of skills or your experience or your paper credentials. I hire because of attitude and personality. Mm, mm, mm. Skills, I can train you. I can give you all the resources. But your passion, your attitude, your mindset, that's something I can never change. Yeah, yeah. It's up to you. You bring yeah. that in. And that's what we need in the team. I love that. Yeah. The soft yeah. skills are the hard one. If you think about you wanted a coach for something, and you write down the track record, there's a couple of like they they can do the work. The coach has done, been there, done that. Okay, check. But all the other stuff is about how they handle you, how they handle themselves, right? How they interact with other people, how they approach things. I think that's, I think that's a great tip. I think that's a great tip. So what are some of the greatest mistakes that you do see people making when they come in? We Again, we've talked about some, but. I would say not being honest enough, not being upfront in speaking out and going after what they want. And let me tell you, I believe, especially in Philippines, it's cultural. Okay. We were raised in a household where you are not allowed to speak against your parents. You cannot contradict them. Their word is the law. That's the culture that we were brought up in. So if you have that psyche from a young age, you bring that with you in the mm-hmm. corporate world. Oh, my boss said this. I am going to say yes. 
But the truth is, your boss is human. Your boss makes mistakes. And guess what? Most of the times, your boss does not operationalize things. So you have that opportunity and you have that responsibility to make sure that you speak out and say your piece. Mm. And what's the worst that could happen? Are you going to die? As long as it does not lead to death, I'm good. I love that. We say that in the house too. My dad would be like, did you die? Okay, so let's move on. I love that so much. Yeah, don't sweat the small stuff. Because the reality is that even if you're operating under false pretenses, like people think the old saying is ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is pain, suffering, delays, setback, hesitation. That's what ignorance is. So if you allow Jim Rohn is a godfather of personal development. Jim Rohn is the original like thought leader. Tony Robbins was 17, kind of interning under, under, under Jim Rohn. You say, if you have someone that's headed in the wrong direction, they don't need motivation because now you just have a motivated idiot. What they need is an education to point them around and turn them around and point them in the right direction. And then at least they'll get there no matter how motivated they are. And that's almost like what you're saying. If the boss says something, don't just be a yes man or yes woman. Because if you're going in the wrong direction, everybody on that ship is going to go on that wrong direction, on a big detour. You might eventually get where you're going, but there might be unnecessary setbacks. So then it comes back down to what we talked about, some of your characteristics, your people skills, mm-hmm. and be that, that communication. We talked about the leadership skills, that part of leadership is self-awareness, communication, cooperation skills, and emotional intelligence. So being able to communicate with that other person tactfully, I think is, that's a great, that's a great tip. What are some of the habits that you felt helped you on your path to success? I would say it's going to be being open to criticism in mm-hmm. and having that open mind because I have a very strong personality and I know that I can be scary or intimidating. Right. However, that has the tendency now for people to shy away in telling me difficult situations or problems or giving me feedback. That's why I constantly ask for it. And Mm -hmm. I always tell them that it's okay because I really am open because how else will I learn? If you do not tell me there's an issue or how I can improve, I will never do. I don't know. That's why feedback is very important and that's the skill set that I always ask. You don't, if I don't hear feedback, I blame, I ask it. Right. You have to tell me, how does this make you feel? Right. What are the things that I can improve? Or how could I have managed it better? Nowadays, I'm happy to say that my team sometimes would chat me, can you please smile? Because <laughs> it looks scary in the meeting and people tend to close off. So I would see that chat and I'm going to start smiling. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I love that. That's good. So now where do you feel the future of this industry is going? Is Because you handle a lot of real estate. You've got economic centers. You've got all sorts. There's a big push to more people want to work remotely from home. In some ways, it can be hard to get people to work from the office. Where do you see the future trends of your industry going? Now, this is, I believe, going to be down the line. But we are heading towards connect to connect to be connected everywhere. 
that's the future because we have already started it during the pandemic we found out hey you don't have to be in the office you can actually do your job right so many companies have come out and said oh we had the best sales during the pandemic we had the best productivity highest productivity during the pandemic so you know it works but you need to make sure that you're connected mm-hmm. so in terms of real estate we know that smart homes smart cities is the way to go and when i talk about smart homes it is not just about smart homes oh i can open the light with an app it's being able to connect to your office having that being more sustainable in your entire environment and being able to deliver what is needed even though you're doing it remotely i think that's the way to go and that's where we're heading so you mean in terms of smart homes and smart cities where it's a more sustainable lifestyle both in terms of work-life balance as well as how things are set up so not shoving people into a cubicle but having a space that maybe energizes them and maybe they can work from multiple different positions okay. the traditional you're tied to a desk in this weird position you can stretch out you're more comfy you enhance connectivity i like that as well what's your whole opinion on this whole 15 minute city thing do you know anything about that is that on the agenda anywhere not yet not in this okay when you guys are big in building a community so what does that include right now what we're looking at is building a economy to make it more sustainable within in point if you look at our project in lipa so we have the villages in lipa it's different sets of villages and right across it would be our sister company which is the lima estates mm. where all everything is there your groceries you have schools you have even have the avoid this bitch if restaurants are there and the idea is that you will have this community within your reach so that whatever you need it's at the tip of your fingertips mm. there also look into building those spaces office spaces common spaces mm. that you can set up offices there anytime you can work anywhere if you are tired of working from your home and you want to work remotely in a different area then you can do that as well and it's that synergy that you have because then you think about more on sustainability and then you have the power industry as well to look how can we make our community more sustainable not just talking about solar panels it's there but also having community gardens so mm-hmm. that we can make sure that you can leverage on that and you help out the environment as well Yeah okay I get what you're saying cuz I always I've always said you don't really I don't really live in Laguna in the Philippines I live in a bubble of Laguna and there's different bubbles right there's there might be really nice things like just 2 minutes from my house is a beautiful lake and then I call it a lake and a non lake it's almost like a like the infinity symbol like a figure eight yes. like one end has a lake the other end has no lake but it's set up as if there's a lake to walk around so I call it the lake no lake path but it's just a great little spot to go walk. So it's like I live in those bubbles. I don't necessarily live everywhere. So it sounds like you're talking about just enhancing and upgrading the facilities so that way more people have everything 
of what they need. And that regardless of where you live, you can access good schools and get your groceries. Because I think that's also an understanding too for families. You work a full day, then you got to go get food. You don't want to have to drive for an hour. Exactly. Not be overcharged for groceries and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, This has been great. I've got a bunch of notes on different things that I've been asking about here. Now, is there anything I didn't ask you that I should have asked you? Probably in the area what made it most difficult for me in this entire career. Okay. It was, for context, I'm a single mom. Mm. So that's why when I had my job as a country head for iMoney, dream job. Remember, my goal is to be a CEO. So being that country head, starting that company here in the Philippines, being employee number one, building it from being the first employee up to we went as high as 18 members. I had to stop it. I had to quit because I got pregnant and because my pregnancy was critical. So we're talking about for that year, using up all of my savings and then starting new again because after being a country head then they think about okay now i need a job the baby's here she right. eats a lot right so we need to make sure that i get to provide yeah. for her and everything is expensive doctors vaccines everything is expensive right uh and so getting a job that is stable and being able it's very a very humbling experience of going down to being a manager again, a manager and an individual contributor at that, just to make sure that I'm able to provide for her. And but because I have that vision that I believe in this organization, I believe in what we're doing. And I was thinking of the long game. I knew it's I'm going to go far. I knew that I have the drive and the passion and I'm in the right team with the right leaders to make it happen. I need to swallow my pride and accept, pay my dues that this is what I need to do at this moment. And I think that's what I also want to tell people because nowadays everyone is in a hurry. We're living in a very fast-paced world. Oh, I need to be promoted now. Oh, yeah. I've done this. You should give me this. No. Yeah. You pay your juice. Yeah. You need to learn how to sacrifice mm-hmm. your work, mm-hmm. show the results, mm-hmm. and then demand. And if you don't get it, then that's not the organization for you because it mm-hmm. means that they're not valuing you. Mm-hmm. But then you've got all of these experience to make sure that you're equipped for the next role. Mm-hmm. I like that. I would phrase that as playing long-term games with long-term people. Exactly. Willing to take two steps backwards as long as it keeps you on the right path. I think there's a real value in that lesson for sure. I also want to point out that all of this, whether you know it or not, you really had an ownership mindset. That that is one thing that you brought. So even though you took two steps backwards, so to speak, you did it with an ownership mindset, seeing the path and the vision of where it can go. And that's something where we talk, we've talked about our kids a lot. I'm really trying to make my daughter understand the process of growing food. Not because I necessarily think she has to grow food, but the understanding that I need to plant seeds today for what I hope to grow tomorrow, that there's a process for things. I feel like a lot of people having grown up away from farming and just Mm -hmm. the natural, like we live in an artificial society. We're so detached. I always say to people, 
or I saw this funny meme too. It was like vacation days is like, everybody gets two vacation days a week. There's something like, it was something like this. It was like, we don't accept doctor's notes because if you're good, if you can get to the doctor's office, you can get to the, our office. There's the whole concept. If you're well enough to go see the doctor, then you're well enough to make it to the op. But the idea is when you look outside the birds, the bees, they don't get a weekend. We live in an artificial society. There are no birds are like, Hey cat, it's my weekend. Can you come chase me tomorrow? I'm just going to lounge around today. I earned this rest. Like people are so detached from the reality of the world that we live in. And so I think as a parent, you mentioned your daughter, like kids got to eat. Like you got to, you got to put that food on the table. Kids don't give you a day off. You, that's the only real wake up call. A lot of people have to the natural rhythms of the world. I think when they have a kid, because we have artificial light. So you'll stay up till 3am if you can't, if you want to when you couldn't do that without power and electricity. So I think there's just a natural process to the world where people have come into this instant gratification. They think I push a button and my food comes out hot. I drive up, I speak into the speaker box and this shows up and some of that stuff, it's not based in reality. And so I just think, like you mentioned, you have to understand there's natural processes to the world. So you really got to make sure your roof and ramen, you got a roof over your head and you got like hot noodles so you don't starve to death. And at that point, I think it really does become about designing your life and who you want to be and what kind of people you want to be with. And you just demonstrated some great, I'm obviously just in what your answers you've given, I can definitely see why you would have risen to the top as you have. This has been so great, so informative and so powerful. I think that people listening may want to listen to it again. If somebody has a question, if they want to reach out to you, if they want to follow up, ask more questions, how can they get in touch? They can definitely in touch with me with LinkedIn. I can provide also my email. It's annette.tayo at aboytees.com. If they have questions, I happily answer them. And I love actually helping out. In fact, I have, I have TikTok. And in one of the groups there is that every Saturday, we help out in teaching people a new skill. That's the goal. So I do it with different people, different leaders in the different parts of the globe. Some are from Africa, some are from UK, some are in US. And we talk about different skill set. I mostly talk about leadership, hmm. coaching as well, and what are the tips. And I answer those questions if they have, how do we deal with this kind of employee or how do we broach certain mm. difficult conversation? I talk about engagement and stuff like that. Got it. Okay. So check out Annette uh, Tayao, A-N-E-T-E-T-A-Y-A-O. And if you want to email her, it's Annette.Tayao at A-B-O-I-T-I-Z.com. Is that correct? Correct. And what's your TikTok? If people want to look you up on TikTok. <laughs> it's Annette Ski. It's Annette's A double N E double T E S K I. S K I. Hey, that's like my last name, Urbanski. There we go. <laughs> Easy to remember. Annette, thank you so much for joining us again. I know you've got your own teams, you've got your own social media thing going on. I appreciate you coming and sharing with us. So hopefully we can all lead our teams a little bit better. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure talking to you and sharing this with everyone. <laughs>